Okay, so this is week two of a series that we're calling the Love Buzz. Love Buzz. Um, it's possible that you came thinking that we're a church going to do marijuana this morning. Wrong buzz, right? No, we're not doing that. It's all about Jesus, okay? It's all about Jesus. Last week, um, Phil talked about the Love Buzz personally, right? We talked about being friends with Jesus. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the Love Buzz privately. So let me just ask you this question, see if you've noticed this. Um, again, if you're here and you don't love Jesus, you're going to fit right in because this has nothing to do with Jesus, just, just human beings, okay? Have you ever noticed how your mood changes depending on the mood of the people around you? Have you noticed this? Or maybe how people's mood changes depending on your mood, right? So... Um, if you're around like, you know, happy people, you tend to be smiley, if that's a word. And if you're around grumps, you tend to kill people, right? It's like, however they are is kind of how we, we become. Um, have you ever had somebody compliment you? Oh dear Lord, that's terrible. All right, there was like three of you over here. So have, have you ever had somebody compliment you? <laughs> okay. So have you ever noticed that like if you get complimented, you, you walk out of that. Like you're, you're a little taller, you're, you're smiling, you kind of feel better, and you see the good in people around you. So if you get a compliment, you're probably more likely to give a compliment, right? Have you ever had somebody cuss you out? Can you say that in church? I don't know. But I did. Um, if you were an athlete, you've had somebody cuss you out. If you're an employee of any type at any place other than a church, well, maybe even at a church, you've had somebody cuss you out. Only people that have worked in churches got that. It was great. It's fantastic. So when you get cussed out, you don't typically turn around all smiles and tell somebody what's great about them because you typically turn around and you, well, you don't say it, but you think it because we're Christian, right? You, you let them have it. When I was selling cookware, and yes, I did sell cookware. When I was selling cookware during the summer in college, here's how they trained us to sell cookware. I'll never forget this phrase as, as long as I live. Our sales director who was like a multi... They always get the multi-million dollar guys, don't they? And they're like, I make 328 gazillion dollars a year selling cookware. And so can you. <laughs> Dude, you're smoking cracks, what you're doing, right? <laughs> you're getting your money somewhere else. So he stands up, he's like, here's, here, here's what you do. You just knock on the door, it's cold sales. Oh, like, you ever... It's like evangelism. It just breaks me out in hives. So you like you walk up and you knock on the door and they're like they open the door and you say, Hey, I've got what you need. They're like, the police? What? <laughs> you're killing your kids. Because you're cooking in regular cookware. But if you'll let me in your house just for 23 minutes, I can change your world. Because I got the cookware that you wish you had. Please. And he said, here's what's going to happen. They're going to slam the door in your face. Well, wow, that's some great training, isn't it? It's fantastic training. And he said, and when they do, and you want to quit, because they don't want you to quit, right? Because they're, they're making money off of you. When, you, when, they, when they do that, you want to quit. 
I want you to turn around and walk back to your car, and I want you to say out loud, who peed in their Rice Krispies? Dude, I don't want to work for you, man. You are jacked up, right? You're smoking crack. You're peeing in Rice Krispies. What is going on here? The point was, like, look, somebody said something to them right before you got there. And then they said something, and then when you rang the doorbell, you were the first person that they saw after somebody let them have it, and they let you have it. Who peed in their Rice Krispies? That's not the big idea today, but it's pretty good. The point here is this, like, whether you love Jesus or not, what happens to us is what we tend to do. The God that you don't believe in made you that way. He made you to be a vessel. Now, we learned this when our children, our boys, were babies. Because our, our, my sister, Laura, kept them once at her house, and she gave them blue applesauce. And when we changed their diaper, <laughs> I never knew that blue poo existed. But there it was. They had blue poo. Blue applesauce, blue poo. I'm sure when she gave them the applesauce, she thought, that's really cool looking applesauce. Wasn't so cool on the other end, right? Calling the doctor, like, doc, is blue poo normal? Do you ever have blue poo? Do you say poo? When I was working at the YMCA, I was was in the locker room. Because I was over, like, you know, the elementary school kids. And so I'm helping these kindergarten boys get, get dressed. And um, just having a casual conversation. I don't always talk about with kindergartners in the locker room at the YMCA. But we were just having a casual conversation. And in the middle of the casual conversation, kindergartner dropped the F-bomb. I mean, he said the word. He didn't go, hey, dude, F-bomb, right? He's like in the middle of the conversation. Like in the sentence, there it was. I don't know what you do in that moment. I kind of went... What did you just say? And he said it again because I asked him to, right? (laughs) I'm an idiot. (laughs) Could you say it a little louder, please, for the whole world to hear? And so I said what any adult would say. Where would you hear that word? Apparently he sits up late at night and watches Arnold Schwarzenegger movies with his dad. So you're in kindergarten and you're not watching Bambi? What goes in tends to come out. It doesn't stay in. God's got this plan. We keep talking about God's plan to take over the world. And it all hinges on that principle. It all hinges on, not, not on blue poo, please. Although I know some of you, and you're going to buy blue applesauce. You've already, you've already worked it out in your head. You're like, I was wondering what to get mom for her Mother's Day present. Now I know, right? Blue applesauce, baby. Um, it all hinges on this principle that what goes in does not stay in. That what goes in will actually come out. It all hinges on... The way that you're made. You don't try when somebody gives you a hard time. You don't try to turn around and give somebody a hard time. When, when somebody pays you a compliment, you don't have to think about paying a compliment. It just happens. Have you noticed that? It's very, very natural. This is the way God made you because he's got a plan. His plan is to take over the world. 
And he does it through what we're calling the love buzz. Listen, we're Christians, so we make everything complicated. We have eight-hour theology meetings. We get together and we dissect words that have one syllable. And, you know, it's like, well, when you say saved, do you mean saved? What do you mean by salvation? What do you mean by sanctification? Like, I don't even know. I, I'm amazed I can say it. I, God's plan is very simple. He's like, excuse me, world, can I love you? So like when you say you want to love us, what does that mean? Can I love you? Why, why do you want to love me? Well, because I want to love you so that you'll love someone else. Is this a big plan? Like, is this just, are you trying to get your foot in the door because there's more to it? Like the God of the universe is like, no. That's why what Phil said last week is so, so important. He just wants friendship with us. And not like, you know, Jesus is my homeboy. Because he's not. You know that, right? You don't know that. What's a homeboy? He's not. We don't mean friendship like, buddy, pal, let's just go hang out. He's your friend. The Bible says there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. That's Jesus. Like, he's for you. He's with you. He's your friend. And so you've got to get that, this love buzz that we're talking about. We're using this word ooze because that's a fun word, right? It's like you've got to get it in you before it can ooze out. Ooze out. It's got to be in you first. You've got to get that. He made you that way. God wants to be your friend because he wants to do something more than that. We're going to be in 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. 16 through 18. Let me see read it to you real quick. And then we'll get on with it. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says this. This is how we know what love is. Like if there's a verse in the Bible that has like this big, y'all like neon signs? No. I'm going to have to have you collectively as a church punch the person next to you. They are asleep, okay? Like big neon signs that point to things, that make it hard to miss things. Like this is a neon sign in Scripture. When the Bible says, this is how we know what love is, colon, what's coming next is pretty important, right? This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? I cannot wait to get to that phrase, no pity in him. You're going to love that. Verse 18, dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. John's defining love. Here's the first point on your sheet. You want to know what love is? Do you want to know love? Look at the cross. You want to know love? Look at the cross. John says it, it's like right there. So clear, so plain. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. The purest definition of love was always the cross. Um, it's Mother's Day. Mom's love's close to that, right? Mom's love is close to that. 
have you ever heard um, the expression, a face only a mother could love? You're hoping for pictures right now, aren't you? I have none because I brought my face as the example. <clears throat> a face that only a mother could love. Like, it's the world's way of saying, you are butt ugly, dude. <laughs> like, you've got a face that only a mother could love. Something about moms, man. They, they love us. They love us when no one else will love us. Jesus loved like that and more at the cross. Here's a couple verses for you. John 15, 13. He proved in his death, his sacrificial death, that he wanted to have friendship with us. He said, a friend lays down his life for a friend. So when he laid his life down for us, that makes us friends. Thank you. At the cross, he, he didn't excuse our sin. He diffused our sin. Isn't that good? That's good. I thought of that. It's going to go downhill from there. We were sinners that only a father could love. And he did so while we were his enemies. Romans 5.8 says that while we were his enemies, Christ died for us. How perfect is it that we're talking about sacrificial love on Mother's Day? Um, let me see if this makes sense to you. Sometimes I think, now, now listen, granted, if you haven't been in church all your life, you're not where I am, okay? But I've been in church all my life. Like, there's not a, many weeks I wasn't there, okay? In some form or capacity, most of my life, because my, my dad made me go, um, and then I actually volunteered to work in churches. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and then, then they paid me, and then they told me to leave so um that's my whole story right there that's the whole thing so you know sometimes in church when you're around jesus a lot and i can't speak for you i can only speak for me we tend to do this with jesus hmm i don't really understand you i'll put you up on the shelf just hang out there for a second i don't quite i don't know what to do with you Power in your name, break every chain, get it, rhymes, awesome lyrics. Don't quite know how that works. So I'm going to let you kind of hang out there for a little bit. And then we get on with our lives, right? And we kind of forget about Jesus. I'm not saying to make you feel bad. I'm just being honest with you. We kind of forget about Jesus until what happens? We need Jesus. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I still don't quite know how you work, but I'm going to pull you down for a little bit. Let's just give it a shot. And then back up on the shelf again. And so what I love about God is, and if you read the Gospels, Jesus was always doing these parables. You know what a parable is, right? A parable is when somebody picks up an object and tells you a story about it, and you sit there and go, dang, that was good. I wish I thought of that. I've been looking at that thing my whole life and never saw it like that. That's really good. Like, I, I saw a mustard seed, and like, it's the kingdom of God. Crazy. He's always using stuff in our lives that we can relate to. To help us get something that we don't quite understand. And so today's Mother's Day. We get moms. We don't take mom and put her up on the shelf. Because she'll kill us. We get moms. Like we talk about sacrificial love. The religious part of us goes, I think I should see Jesus. But the real part of us goes, but I see mom. Like I, I asked on Facebook this week. I just put it there. Hey, what is your mom sacrifice for you? And um, good responses. Like some more like, you know, time, money. I, one of the answers was, um, this is great. This lady's a dental hygienist today. 
And she said that what got her started was when her mom got a life insurance policy check. She used that money to help this woman get braces. And that, she became a dental hygienist. She said, we didn't have the money for braces. The only way we would have ever had braced, money for braces was that. And my mom took what was basically her own money from this policy payment, and she used it to get me braces. I love that. So you ask somebody, hey, what does Jesus mean to you? And they're like, uh, Jesus. He's like a dude with a dress and a beard. What's your mom mean to you? Oh, boom, 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 boom. Right? I love that. You probably don't know who Elizabeth Joyce is, so I brought a picture. You want to just throw that up there for him? Elizabeth Joyce, 2010, living in New York, was diagnosed with cancer. So she has surgery, four rounds of chemotherapy, and she's declared cancer-free. Yay! Doctors told her because of all that, it was nearly impossible that she'd ever get pregnant. So you know how God works when doctors say stuff like that. In 2013, um, she was pregnant. One month after she was pregnant, she had cancer again. And so the doctors gave her three choices. Listen to these three choices. What would you choose? They could abort the baby and begin treatment immediately. They could start treatment and continue with the pregnancy, which would have been harmful to their baby. Or they could delay treatment and continue with the pregnancy. Hey, moms, which one did she pick? The last one. So the baby's due in March. They deliver the baby in January by C-section so that they can get the mom right back on cancer treatments. Problem was, it's is too late. So the baby's born in January, and March the 9th, the mom's dead. Who makes a choice like that? Somebody who sacrifices. See, we hear that story and go, oh, are you kidding me? And that, as great as it is, pales in comparison to a God who said, I'm sending my son. He's going to die for you. Because we're going, oh, man, that kid, are you kidding me? What a mom. I'm going, what a God. Sent his son to die for us. You want to know love? Look at the cross. You would have died for you. I would have died for you. And there ain't no way you're dying for me. He died for us. And John says, you want to know what love is? Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Sometimes moms don't sacrifice. I mean, <laughs> don't kill me, moms. Sometimes moms sacrifice for the wrong reasons. Sometimes they're martyrs. The point here is that moms aren't perfect. Listen, let me read you the verse that's not in the Bible. This is how we know what love is. Mary, the mother of Jesus. I mean, she's a pretty good woman, right? You're like, I don't know, I, I never met her. Well, um, let's just talk about Mary for a second. Teenager, right? So she's been to all the, um, all the purity conferences, 
You're not supposed to do that stuff till you get married. There's a time and a place for it, and this is not the time nor the place. Mary, you're a good girl. You, you got the ring, right? I gave it to you, and you're not going to do that stuff, and then she's pregnant. Do what? And, and not only is she pregnant, but she's telling her parents this story about how she, I've never done it. It's God. Whoa, whoa, hold on, back the truck up. God got you pregnant? Are you kidding me? She'd already had that conversation with God. Like, how's this going to happen? And God said, uh, yeah, I could tell you a lot of stuff, but can we just like sum it up like this? Holy Spirit's going to come on you, you're going to be pregnant, and you're going to give birth to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Cool? And her words were, be it done to me according to your word. I don't know you would have done that. I know I wouldn't have because I'm a man. So, like, when it comes to childbirth, we're wimps, right? Like, I, men are passing out watching people give birth. When, we, when, when Wendy gave birth, I was expecting, like, the alien thing to come out. Like, you know, push, blood everywhere. Wah! I mean, it wasn't anything like that, but thank goodness. Man, we're, we don't get it. We don't get childbirth. So if, if God shows up to me and says, hey, listen, got an idea. Um, here's what I'm thinking. Kind of kicking this around and tell me what you think. You raise the Son of God, and everybody else rejects you. What do you think? Uh, is there another choice? And Mary's response was, hey, God, I don't understand it, but let it be done to me the way you said. As great as Mary was, John didn't point to her as the example of love. So, like, we could do the whole Mother's Day thing, and I struggled with this, because moms are great. But John didn't point to moms. He pointed to Jesus. He said Jesus was the example of what love is, because he laid his life down. Now, I'm so thankful that while we got Jesus up here on the shelf, we have a mom that we can look at, and we can think, oh, wait, that's what sacrificial love looks like. That's a good thing. Let me tell you what Jesus didn't do. I know that you've never had a mom that was really good at making you feel guilty, but I did. She didn't even, it was a gift. She didn't even have to try. You know, uh, mom, I'm not going to make it back for Christmas. You know, kids are being born and all. Oh, that's okay, son. I'm sorry, I'll be there. I'm coming. You know, it's just mom's, what is that with moms? Like, they just make you feel so bad. Thanks, Mom. Like some of you were here today because your mom was like, you're coming to church with me, right? Sure. Anything for you, Mom. Right? They're just good at that. You know what? Jesus did not die on the cross to make you feel guilty. He died on the cross because you were guilty. That's a big difference. I'll just never be worthy of Jesus. I made him have to die. Uh-uh wrong no you didn't make him have to die he chose to die you killed him he did it anyway he loves you what was his motivation and this is important i want you to get this okay just jot down hebrews 12 2 hebrews 12 2 says that for the joy set before him jesus endured the cross 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So he's not, now that doesn't mean that Jesus was weird. And he was like, oh, I hope today they can kill me on a cross. I hope they can take these really big thorns and like jam them in my forehead. And I really, really, really hope they can nail me to the cross. The cross was not the joy. The cross was the only way to the joy. So for the joy set before him, and what was the joy? They're sitting next to you. Just look at them. That person next to you, there was something about them and Jesus wanting to reconcile with them that gave him joy to endure the cross. And I don't understand it either because I know the person next to you as well. Like there's days I think when he looks at me and she's like, seriously God, for that? <laughs> I love, she's down there going, mm. We talked about that. You weren't supposed to say that out loud. What are you doing? <laughs> the joy of seeing the lost found. The joy of seeing God's glory fulfilled. The joy of seeing God's wrath appeased. And that's a really big word, right? Appeased. What in the heck does that mean? It means that God was mad at us because of our sin. And Jesus took the punishment. And now God's not mad at us. That makes appeased a good word, right? Just use it sometime today. When the server brings you a refill of Coke, you take a big sip and go, my thirst is appeased. <laughs> She'd be like, dude, leave a tip and get out. You are nuts. He did it because he was so full of the love of God that even the sacrifice he made paled in comparison. Okay, so I want to make sure you get this. If you want to know love, look at the cross. And that's basically what we talked about last week, right? That was the whole nutshell of last week. That at the cross, Jesus did all he needed to do to make a way for us to be reconciled to God. He wants to be friendship. And I love how Phil said it. It wasn't like his transaction. Remember the, what, I can't remember the noise he made, but it wasn't a stamp noise, right? It was like something like that, right? It was ridiculous, but I loved it. It wasn't like a legal... He's not, God's just not going like, okay, check that off the list, right? He did all this because he literally wants us to be friends with him and Christ. He wants a big family. It's a great story. It's the kind of story that makes us feel good because we were the kid in that picture. Jesus died so we could live. But here's the thing. The buzz can't stop there. Have you ever, I just want to make sure you get this picture. Have you ever tried to hold in a fart? You're never coming back now, are you? Never coming back. You're like, well, if you really love Jesus, you would have said poot. Yeah, well, if you ever heard what I do, you wouldn't call it that at all. But I mean, like, if you, have you ever been in a, in a really nice setting, say like church, and you felt like you, you had to let something out? Maybe it was a burp, right? Have you ever had a burp catch you off guard? Like you're talking and as you're talking it comes out? Have you ever burped a word? <laughs> I mean, I know people that burp the alphabet, but I'm not, I mean, like you didn't mean to burp the word. It's just like, hey, you're looking great today, right? It just comes out. <laughs> so again, it's back to what we talked about. Like you were made. You were designed to be a vessel. It's how you were made. You were not made to receive and keep. You were made to receive and give. 
It's how you were made. It's why when somebody pees in somebody's Rice Krispies, they get mad at the salesman at the door. It's why when you get a compliment, you give a compliment. Need a penny, take a penny. It's the way it works. And we understand it in every part of our lives except Jesus. And I don't understand why that is. We're just that unwilling to relinquish our lives to Jesus. But he made you to receive the love of God so that you could give the love of God. Need a Savior, give a Savior, right? I mean, that's the way it works. Buzz can't stop with us alone. Something happens in us. John writes about it. He expects like this chain reaction of sorts. He says this, We know what love is because Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives as well. So, point two. Want to show love? Start in the church. Well, I don't like the church. <laughs> Join the club. We were all over that, weren't we? <laughs> I don't either. But, but he says right here, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and, and sisters. And the, the brethren and sistren would be in here. So, does this mean we have to die? Okay, now, now follow me with this, all right? The thought of dying for someone else is a little bit freaky. And even if we could wrap our brains around it, we would probably admit that it makes us a little bit afraid. Right? I mean, like, if we were actually, like, Jesus died on the cross. And so John says, hey, remember when Jesus died on the cross? Like, that was real love. And if, if we know that, then we also ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So, like, they're not hearing stuff like, oh, lay down your life. That's so sweet. You mean, like, let them go first in line. That's not what they're hearing. They're, they're hearing like the nails going into the, the flesh. And they're like, whoa, whoa, you're, like, you're telling me that? Are you, what? And you're putting that in the Bible like for everybody to read? Are you crazy? No one wants to do that. No one wants to give their life away. And so this same author in the same book, just one chapter later, 1 John 4, 18, because he understood that, he writes these words, perfect love casts out all fear and i didn't bring the picture with me because you've seen it before and i don't want to keep showing you the same pictures but i love this picture that i have maybe you've seen it google it you can see it on, on your own computer of this, these two guys in a cubicle and one of them is really healthy very i mean he takes up a lot of the space and the other one's very very thin and so the, the thin one's like pressed up against his desk like this trying to work because there's no room that's that's what this verse perfect love casts out fear there's no room for, for fear when, like, you're full of love. Man, when you get full of the love of Jesus, something happens. And this is going to sound weird. Instead of being selfless, we need to reinvest. Let me explain what I mean by that. How do moms make us feel guilty? They say things like this. I used to, I used to hate this. Um... No, no, no. It's you, you, you take the last piece of delicious chocolate homemade cake that I baked for the family. I mean, they didn't say it like that. They said, no, you take it. But you knew what they were saying. And you're like, no, 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 no you, no, you have it. No, no, son, I want, you, I want you to have it. It'll make me happy. It'll make you die from hunger. But okay, whatever, right? Or maybe they, they ask you to do something and you said no. And you knew that you shouldn't have said no. You probably should have said yes. And so you went back and changed your mind, right? 
did you go back and change your mind? Because I went back and changed my mind. Mom, when I said no about that, what I meant was yes. And then she's like, oh, no, it's okay. What? No, please. I'm begging you. Let me do it. No, I'm fine. No. I want you to be happy. Oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. Man, sometimes what we, so what the model we've seen is this. If I just like lay myself totally down, just totally empty myself and serve, then that's what Jesus wants. No. And I'm talking to the moms, okay? Like if you watch The Biggest Loser, I don't know if you watch that show or pick any other show that's like that, that's called The Biggest Loser. If you watch that show, here's what you'll hear people say, especially the women. I took care of everybody else, but now I need to take care of me. And as a Christian, you hear that and go, that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard in my life. And that's why you and your children will die on an airplane when the oxygen mask falls down. And they tell you to take care of you first before you can help your kid. You'll be like, no, because I'm a mom. And I'm going to take care of my child first. (sighs) And you'll both die. Because there's this principle that we're talking about. And here's what the principle is. You've got to be full. So you can give away. You've got to be full so it can ooze out of you. I love the word ooze. You've got to be full. You can't ooze out when you don't have anything to ooze out. You've got to take the love that God's put in you. This precious, valuable, priceless love and reinvest it in the people around you. That's what he's saying. You want to show love? Man, start in the church. What makes this woman Elizabeth Joyce, what what drove her decision to die? Is is her child going to grow up thinking, I killed my mom? No. You know why? Because that's not what drove her decision. She just loved her kid. It's like, there's no way I'm I'm living and my kid's dying. I I love. I'm so full of love for this kid that I'm making that choice. It just squeezes out the fear, doesn't it? John wants us to understand this, that when we're full of the love of Jesus, the sacrificial, pure love of Jesus, it so fills us that there's an overflow of love that oozes onto the family around us. John believed this so strongly that he says in this passage, if we don't love like that, we don't know Jesus. I'm going to say that again, okay? And I'm going to make sure you know that it's in the Bible. I'm not making it up, okay? I'm just reading it to you. He says, if we don't love like that, we don't know Jesus. The way he says it is, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, How can the love of God be in him? We need to start landing this, but before we do, because of our tendency to put Jesus up on the shelf... I'm going to step down here, and we're going to show you a video of something that the whole world has seen. The whole world saw this in the last week. Maybe you haven't yet, but you're going to see it this morning. Perfect illustration. Forget Jesus, okay? Forget Jesus. Let's just talk basketball. All right? Go ahead. Show this. 
and, and last, my mom. I don't think you know what you did. You had my brother when you were 18 years old. Three years later, I came out. We were stacked, the odds were stacked against us. Single parent with two boys by the time you were 21 years old. Everybody told us we weren't supposed to be here. We moved from apartment to apartment by ourselves. One of the best memories I had is when we moved into our, our first apartment. No, no bed, no furniture, and we just all sat in, in the living room and just hugged each other. Because we, that's what we, we thought we made it. And when, you, when something good happens to you, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to look back to what brought me here. And you wake me up in the middle of the night in the summer times, making me run up a hill, making me do push-ups, screaming at me from the sideline of my games at eight or nine years old. We wasn't supposed to be here. You made us believe. You kept us off the street. Put clothes on our backs, food on the table. When you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us. <laughs> You're the real MVP. Kevin Durant's mom or Elizabeth Joyce or Jesus why they would do such a thing they'd say it was worth it they'd say that the love that they have for their family was worth it because we're family how do you know when you're filled with the love of Jesus when sacrificing for others in the family no longer seems sacrificial but normal. Phil said last week, as believers, we can't get more of Jesus, but Jesus can get more of us. We can't get more of Jesus, but Jesus can get more of us. Well, here's the big idea for this week. When Jesus gets more of me, you will too. When Jesus gets more of me, you will too. makes sense doesn't it it just all goes back to the blue poo what goes in doesn't stay in John John literally wrote right here he says if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him do you know I can't believe it's in the Bible but do you know that that word no pity literally means to be moved in the bowels what like we're what 
like to be so moved with compassion like your bowels are doing junk? That's what it means. Who loves like that? Oh, John does. The disciples of Jesus do. Do you know why they do? Because if you go back and read Matthew 9, 36, here's what you'll find. There's a verse that says that Jesus saw the crowds and he was moved with compassion. Apparently, these guys were loved like that. And because they were loved like that and that love filled them, guess what it did? It just starts to ooze out of them. And it starts here first. It starts in this place first. It means this. That if Jesus gets more of me, the natural result is that you'll get more of me too. When we're loved, we love. When we're served, we serve. It is the love buzz. It allows us to ooze in service instead of feeling like we lose in service. Let me say that one more time. It, sound, it makes us, we ooze in service instead of feeling like we lose in service. And I'm going to tell you right now, I stand up here and we say things like, hey, we need help in the nursery. Nobody, oh, oh, you're preaching on service because nobody signed up. I know how it is. You want us to go see if there's real blue poo. No. We're preaching on service because it's what you're supposed to do when you love Jesus. Like it doesn't even require a sermon. It just requires that we fall in love with Jesus. Because when we love him, we just start to serve. It starts in the house first. Seeing brothers and sisters in need and oozing onto them the love of Jesus. It does not mean that we... I love, I love how hypothetical Christians get. We're so stupid. <clears throat> Sorry for saying that. <clears throat> we do stuff like this. Oh, no, I'll, I'll absolutely die for you. You know, like, I mean, if, you know, absolutely. Don't, don't think a second thought about it. We're ever in a 7-Eleven together. You know, like a red car, red car. Comes up and three men walk, jump out, and they've got masks on. You know, they kind of have the slits for the eyes and the mouth. They walk in, they pull a gun. Absolutely, don't you? Don't, don't you think a second? I'm, I'm there for you. I'll die for you. That's crap. That was too real. I'm sorry. That's poo. That's blue poo. Because we say that, but we won't serve in regular real life. We're not dying for a bullet over here if we can't, like, just serve over here, right? Right? And I'm not, like, saying you don't do it. I'm just letting you know, like, all your friends that don't love Jesus, the reason they don't want to know about Jesus is because they've watched for years the church do that. And so guess what happens? When we start to love each other, we'll talk about this next week, but they start checking that out. Do you know what I hear all the time about y'all? People will say, man, I, I came to your church. That's great. It's great having you. They don't say, man, that orange wall is spectacular. Like, who thought of the orange wall and a map on it? Are you kidding me? And your titles are amazing like the love buzz. Wow. Dude, you rock. They say, they say this kind of stuff. It's just real there. It's just real. And I, got, I find myself sitting in the seats. I look around and I start, wait, wait, like these people don't look like each other. Like different colors, different ages, really different backgrounds. 
And now everybody like, likes each other. Like, we do all this work, right? I'm like the preacher. I do all this work. I get these sermons ready. And if, if I'm just honest with you, and don't take me up on it, but we don't need this stuff. If we really just like love buzz, like you're supposed to, I don't know if that's actually like love buzz, like we're supposed to love buzz, like we wouldn't need any of this stuff. People just notice. They would just notice. He's talking about loving people daily as needs arise. And so I'm going to call you to something today. We're going to end the service a little bit different. And, you know, this is one of those deals where as a leader, you just kind of step out and go, all right, God, here we go. Hope it works out. There's a, a real obvious need on a day like today for me. And there's, um, I've been in church all my life. I've, I've done the, you know, hey, every mom stand and let's give a cheer for the oldest one here. And I'm not knocking that at all. I think it's great. God love them. I just feel like this is a chance for our church to uniquely do what our church uniquely does. And that is to maybe just put a different twist on it. And so... There's a group that just moves my heart always. Um, it's been a part of our family. You know, I'm just, I just love single moms. I just love single moms. I mean, not in a weird way. <laughs> Can you please not tweet that? <laughs> I love single moms, at Paul Jenkins. Please don't do that. I'm begging you, don't do that, Phil. Seriously, put your phone down. has nothing to do with anything, but if I, if I last long enough to have like a 10-year anniversary at the gathering, will somebody please put together a highlight of all the bad things I've said? <laughs> like the low light, the low lights at the gathering. I love single moms. So not taking away the value of moms in general. The truth of the matter is that yesterday I got in the car and I took my kids to Walmart and we did the mom day shopping thing. And, but if you're a single mom, when do you do that, right? When do you do that? You load your kids up and take them to Walmart and say, go get me a gift, honey. Here, let me help you pick it out, honey. It's, it's crazy. And the Bible says that pure religion is this, that the church would take care of widows and orphans. Oh, I know that, you know, I'm not stupid. I know that single moms aren't the same as widows and orphans, but pretty close, right? feels like it's close. And so I feel like we have a real call to do that. I feel like Mother's Day is a great chance to pour love on single moms. And so last year we did it for you. Because I think the church is supposed to lead the way. I think the church is supposed to set the example. So last year we didn't give gift cards to all the moms. We love moms. But last year we gave gift cards to single moms. This year, I'm not going to do it for you. This year, I'm going to give you the chance. So it's, it's going to require something. It's going to require, um, and there's just no way to do it. God, I wish there was a nice way to do it and not make single moms feel put on the spot. And I'm sorry for that. I just want to apologize right away for that. But we can't love you if we don't know who you are. And so we just read a passage that said, it's fantastic that Jesus died on the cross for us. That's great. Yes. But we also ought to lay our lives down for our brothers and sisters. And if any of us sees somebody that has material 
a need and we have material possessions and we see them in need but have no pity on them, we have no movement, how can the love of God be in him? And if there's any way that we walk out of here and don't do something for the single moms here, the Bible says, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. And it requires that moms say, here I am, and that the church says, here we are. So, to start with, we want to pray for the single moms. And let us just, let me define it like this. Let me try to be as clear as I can. So single mom means that you're, you're single. Are you with me so far? Is this clear enough for you? A single mom means that you're single. It means that you have a child, and apparently it means that I love you. <laughs> it probably also requires that your kids live with you, right? <laughs> I can see my mom. If she was still alive, she'd be like, I'm single mom. Yeah, because we moved out. Come on, mom. <laughs> Quit angling for a card. What are you doing? But now let me say this. If there's even a thought in your head, should I or should I not stand up? I want you to stand up. Because we don't get like that when we're being generous. We just want to be generous. Okay? So nobody's going to come up to you and go, uh, let's just talk for a second. Are you really a single mom? Now if a guy stands up, dude, we're punching your throat. You're going to sit back down. Okay? I'm not going to punch you in the throat, but I'll find somebody. So guys can't stand up, okay? And I'm not knocking guys because you know what? I've never been a single dad. I've done it for a week when she was gone to Peru, and I'd like to never do it again, okay? It's hard work. But, you know, we'll do something for the dads, but not today. This is Mom's Day, okay? So, <laughs> have I disclaimered enough? <laughs> Here's what I need you to do. We're not going to put you on the spot other than I, I need you to stand and I'll even like count to three for you, okay? I need you to stand so that we can come pray for you. That's all we're going to do is just come pray for you, okay? We're gonna, people are going to surround you. We're going to love on you. We're going to put our hands on you. We're going to pray for you, okay? Is that cool? Everybody needs prayer, right? So here we go. We're on the edge of the cliff. I feel like I'm like that kid at, at the pool, like, catch me, Dad, right? You know. So I'm going to jump, and I'm praying that this works out. So uno, dos. Trace, I need single moms just to stand up. I appreciate that. Anybody else? Okay. Now, it's always hard to break down pride, okay? No, you can stay standing. Or it's hard to break down pride. So I, I don't want you to feel bad, okay? I love you. And, and not only I, but you know what? You're in a church this morning who from the very beginning, you are the reason we started a church. Because we want to love adequately and well people like yourself. And if I can come in here and preach the best sermon you've ever heard and we can't help you when you need to buy groceries, then the Bible says I don't have the love of God in me. And so we're not going to do that. You're the reason we started the gathering. I just realized that that might mean next Mother's Day I have a room full of single moms. And I think that would be fantastic. Okay? I think that would be fantastic. So, in a minute, because we're a church that loves to, to put hands on people's shoulders and pray for them, in a minute you're going to get, like, surrounded, okay? I don't want you to freak out, okay? Um, I mean, if they got bad breath, tell them to get to the back of the circle. But, okay, so our church is going to come pray for you, all right? 
and and then um and here's what's going to happen after that our church is going to give you money we're just going to give you money now listen let me explain this this doesn't mean that we don't think you can make it on your own god didn't put that in the bible he just said it was our responsibility to take care of you and so we're going to give you because God tells us to do that. And what you do with it, you do whatever you want. If you don't want it, hey man, find someone to give to them. But here, your only responsibility this morning is to say thank you. Okay? 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 Just say thank you. Because I believe that God's going to do a miracle this morning. I heard a church that did this one time. And here's the story. And I'm making you stand a long time. And I'm really sorry. You okay? Are you okay? I heard a church that did this. And here's what, here's what happened. A woman had come. And she had gotten there, and she had, single mom, she had given in the offering the last amount of money that she had. And she knew if she gave that money, she would not have the money for her car payment, which was due the next week. And the pastor stood up and did something like this, not on Mother's Day, just a regular day. They do it a lot at that church. And he just said, you know what, if you're here and you're a single mom, um, we need you to stand up because um, people are going to come, come bless you. And that woman walked out that day with to the dollar her car payment. I'm believing God to do that today. Okay? So, church. I need you to go be the church. Okay? You got people that are standing near you. I want you to go over there. We're going to pray for these moms. We're going to pray for them. Right? You have to actually get up and move. <laughs> moms that are standing, I want to say thank you for allowing us to love you. Okay? Now, we're going to pray, and while we're praying, um, specifically, church, I want you to ask God, so you kind of know who it is that's standing. I want you to start asking God, what do you want me to do? I, I mean what I'm saying to you. Here's what I mean. I'll go this far. If you've come here today, and you have $20 in your pocket, and you're like, I can't get change, so I don't know if I put it in the offering plate, or I give it to a mom, you give it to a mom. I don't need your money. Churches will be fine. We need your money, but I'm just saying right now, this is about obeying God. If you came to church with a check made out to the gathering, you cross through that check, and you write that person's name. Is that clear enough? Okay. Now, if you want to write another check, that's cool too. But if you have to make a choice this morning, you choose to love and honor a mom who is alone and shouldn't be. This is what the church does, okay? So let's pray. And while I'm praying, I want you to be asking God specifically, what would you have me do? And when we get done and I say amen, Phil's just playing a little bit. And moms, it's going to be a little awkward for you. I'm really sorry, but I want you just to stand there. And people are going to come and they're going to hand you money. And you're going to say, thank you. And then you're going to get to ask God what he wants you to do with that, okay? All right. Lord, I thank you. I'm so thankful that you let me do this church, God. This may be my last Sunday. I don't know. I just love that we can just be this real. And, and I know, I feel right now for these moms that are standing, because I know that I have put them on the spot severely. And I'm, I just want you, God, right now to wrap your arms around them. That they would know this. That you've got their back. You've got their back. 
And I know sometimes it's got to feel like the whole world's against them. And if I don't do it, nobody will. And, and I, I appreciate it. God is such an American attitude and it's such a strong attitude. And, and I get it. But God, in the gospel, you never called us to that. You called us to be who we were, to be weak when we were weak and to, and to, and to receive help when we need help and to not try to make it on our own. And so this morning, God, we just don't want any of these moms to feel like they're on their own. Hey, who knows? The children that they're raising, maybe someday they are receiving an MVP award and they are saying to these moms, you are the real MVP. And in that moment, these moms will say in their heart, no, Jesus, you're the MVP. Because all the way you took care of me. And, and on Mother's Day of 2014... I got to be at this place called The Gathering. And they, they were your hands and feet that day. And they loved me the way you intended that they would. This is the love buzz, God. It's ours personally so that we can ooze it out on our family privately. And God, we can never take it to the world if we can't start it in this room. And so I pray that you would speak to our church right now, the members that are thinking of a number of what they would like to do. And, and I pray two things, God, that you would give us the courage to give and you would fill these mothers with the courage to receive. And that in the middle of all that, however you work it out, the way that only you can, something beautiful, something miraculous would take place and we would all walk out and say, Dude, man, I was in church today. And it had nothing to do with the music and the preaching. Because how can we love with words only? You've called us to love with actions. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, you may want to start giving where you are. You may want to go to another mom, but this is your chance. This is your offering today.